0: Welcome to Bible Line, a ministry of Calvary Community Church. Our podcast is dedicated to the clear teaching of God's Word. We aim to help people find Jesus Christ and train believers through the study of the Bible. We would love to feature your questions on the show. You can email us at questions at BibleLineMinistries.org. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to calvaryoftampa.org forward slash donate. Catch new episodes every Thursday. We pray today's episode is a blessing to you. All right, welcome back to Bible Line. I'm your host, Pastor Jesse
1: Martinez. And today's question is another great question. A listener asks, If I am saved, then why do I still sin? And as I said in the beginning, this is an excellent question. Uh, What gives me so much hope about this answer is that it can be very easily seen in the Bible. So I always encourage you when you're listening to our podcast to make sure that you are listening with a bible and if you're unable to have your bible while you listen that you re-listen to it where you have a bible because i like to show you where the answers to these questions are in the scripture i think that's so important we have to let the word of god be the word of god which is truth and it is profitable for doctrine for correction for reproof for instruction and in righteousness so that the man of god may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto every good work And I think that's important. If we don't have biblical support for our answers, then our answers can be questioned. Is this a man-made doctrine? Is this something that is a twist of scripture that's not necessarily true? So make sure you always have your Bible with you. I'm going to quote to you several scriptures today which support this idea of a teaching. I think it's a Bible doctrine. The Bible clearly teaches about this topic, which is the two natures. Why do we still sin after we're saved? Well, we have two natures, and we'll get into that later. But first, I want you to know that our choices after we believe on Jesus Christ for salvation have nothing to do with our eternal life. The choices that we make after we believe on Jesus Christ for salvation have nothing to do with our eternal life. Consider these wonderful promises that we have from God's word. Romans eight thirty eight through 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those two verses teach that there is nothing that can separate a person from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Not an angel, life or death, principalities or powers, nor any other creature. Man himself cannot remove himself outside of the eternal life that God has already declared them righteous in. Romans 5, 8 through 11. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We are justified by his blood. We're going to be saved from the wrath. Verse 10, For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. When we were enemies, God reconciled us to him by the death of his Son. And now that we've been reconciled, we're going to be saved. Verse 11 says, And not so only... But we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement, the covering, the full covering of sin. So answer these questions. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation? If the answer is yes, then you're good. He has given you eternal life. You have a new birth, your spirit nature, a new set of choices you can make, a new ability to walk in truth, which you didn't have before, and that we will get into the answer of our question in a minute, but you have joy now too. There's nothing that could ever separate you or undo that decision. John chapter 10 and verse 28, and I give unto them those that believe on Jesus Christ, they have eternal life, and they shall never perish. Now, either Jesus spoke in a, in a hyperbole here, or he meant never And I believe he meant never. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Some people like to say, well, I can remove myself. Well, if you're a human, and this verse says, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, you can't pluck yourself out. Tough luck. (laughs) I tell this to people sometimes. You might think now that you want to get unsaved, but I guarantee you one day when you're in heaven, you'll be glad you're there and that you're not in hell. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says this, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. You are saved all the way up until the day of redemption when you're either raptured out of this world or you die. You will then be redeemed to the Lord and that's it. You have that Holy Spirit of promise that is sealing you until that day, and that's a permanent thing. John 3.18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Focus on the first part of that verse. He that believeth, is that you? Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? Have you believed on his death, burial, and resurrection for the payment of your sin? Well, guess what? This verse says, and these words are out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, he says, he that believeth on him, the Son of God, is not condemned. John three thirty-six. he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Have you believed on the Son? You have everlasting life. So I want to make sure that we cover that before we get into the answer of, if I am saved, then why do I still sin? There is nothing that we do after we believed on Jesus Christ for salvation that can affect our position in Christ. We have eternal life that is settled, that is done, that will always be, you're justified. And, of course, John 5, 24, that, that, that great verse, that just keeps coming to the forefront of my mind. You believe on Christ, you're passed from death unto life, and you will never be brought into condemnation again, period. That case is closed. So I hope that you see that these are just a few verses to encourage you, that there's no way that your sin today, the sin that you continually commit can keep you from eternal life that God has already justified you to receive. However, what do we do with the sin that we continually commit after we're saved? Well, there are two natures inside of us, and this is where we're going to get into the answer of our question today. So we have our flesh, the old man, which is our sinful nature. This nature is diametrically opposed to God, If you take your Bible and you look in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 12, describe to you this flesh nature. Look in verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Look in Romans 3, 12. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one, So these two verses teach that our flesh nature, our first birth, cannot, will not, do anything to please God. It is against who he is. And this is what we're born into. If you look in Romans chapter 5, you'll see how you and I got the way we are. Look what it says here in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. We have a sin nature, and that nature will never change. God didn't do anything to change that nature when you got saved. What he did is he gave you a brand new nature, a new capacity. You now have the ability to please God. Before, in your flesh, there is no good thing. There is none that seeketh after God. There is none that doeth right. That's what every single lost person faces without putting their trust in Jesus Christ. All they have is their old nature. If you look in Romans chapter 9, still talking about this flesh nature, and you see in verse 8, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Every single person who has not put their trust in Jesus Christ is not a child of God. They will not go to heaven unless they have a new birth. And that old nature, that flesh nature that we have, is all a person has before they get saved. You can see this further proved out in Scripture. Look in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 3. Among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And in Romans chapter 6, in verse 23, we see... That the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That old nature, why is it the old rotten nature? Well, all sinners, we're not God's children. We have that sinful nature. We're all going to die, have an eternal separation from God in a place called hell if we only have our old nature. And it's also important to recognize that this flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. First Corinthians 15 and verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. This is why when Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he says, "Ye have to be born again. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God cannot be inherited with flesh and blood. That old nature is all a person has before they trust in Christ. And the moment they do believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, they are passed from death unto life. They have a new birth. They have a new nature. God doesn't remodel their flesh. He doesn't make them unable to sin. He gives them a brand new nature. There There are two natures within me. There's Jesse, the old Man, Jesse, the flesh, and there's Jesse of the new man, Jesse of the spirit. My old nature, my flesh, still seeks to satisfy sin and disobey, and I do habitually sin. My new nature, however, cannot sin. It is born of God. Look in 1 John chapter 3, and verse 9 whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. That word commit in 1 John 3, 9 is not the Greek word prazo, which means to practice habitually. I don't just practice sin. I'm very good at it. And if you are honest with yourself, you would agree that you are very good at sin. We all are. I love when people say, what about willful sin? Is there really a difference between willful and unwillful sin? I spoke with a gentleman one time and I said, when you lie, does it surprise you when you lash out in anger? Is that an unexpected thing? All sin is willful sin. And this word here, doth not commit, is not talking about the Greek word prazo, which means to practice. This is poeo, which means commit one single act, one creation of sin. If we look at this verse in light of other biblical teachings, this matches up with our new birth. Whosoever is born of God, those who have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for the payment of their sins, they do not commit any sin. For his seed remaineth in him. What's that seed? Look back in John 3. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's John three five. Look in 3.6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. When you are born into this world, you're born of this flesh. When you are born into the family of God, you are born of the spirit and the Lord's spirit remains in you. That seed remaineth in you and you cannot sin. But Jesse, I still commit sin. Of course, you're going to still commit sin because you still have that old nature. But the new nature inside of you is what is going to go to heaven. And that cannot do anything wrong. Isn't this a great promise? We're going to struggle with sin, and the, we're encouraged not to sin. There are consequences for our sin, but those consequences will never be, well, you weren't really saved, or you've sinned so much that now you have to get resaved. The Bible just doesn't teach that. This new nature is also God's child. Look in John 1.12. But as many as received him, believed on Jesus Christ, To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You match that up with 1 John 3, 9, his seed remaineth in him, and you see this great promise that the new nature is eternal, and it cannot sin. You won't die, meaning you won't spend an eternity in hell, that word death means separation. So why do we still sin after we're saved? Because we have that old nature. And we can continually, if we're not careful, allow our old nature to lead our lives. We have free will, and God rewards us when we do right, and he disciplines us and chastens us when we do wrong. So when people ask me, I still sin after I'm saved, I like to make sure they understand I still sin too. I'm aware of my sin, and I try my hardest to walk in the Spirit. Now, that's where we're going to get to the second part of our answer. There are works of the flesh, and we can see this in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, and I'm just going to summarize this here for you. Here are all the works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings. We've all committed at least one of those things on there and we all have the ability to commit every single item on that list. Those are the works of the flesh. As a disciplined Christian, you need to avoid those things and then you will be walking in the spirit. Here are the fruits of the spirit which are in Galatians 5:22 through 23. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Now, we can break those nine into three categories. Love, joy, and peace is toward yourself. Long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness is what you display towards mankind. And faith, meekness, and temperance is what you practice towards God. Those are three areas— How you treat yourself, how you treat others, mankind, and how you treat God, your attitude toward those three things can help you walk in the Spirit. This is why the study of God's Word is so important. This is what renews our minds, as it says in Romans chapter 12 in verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. Those are the works of the flesh. Those are the old nature things. Don't be conformed to those things. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the way you renew your mind is by studying and applying the scripture to your life. There is an internal conflict within us. Look at Galatians chapter 5 in verse 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's why you still sin after you're saved, because it's your flesh battling your spirit. The only way You can have victory in the Christian life is by feeding your spirit. You're going to have defeat in your Christian life because you feed the flesh, and you'll have a loss of the joy of your salvation. Many people, I've seen it, lose the assurance of their salvation. They don't lose their salvation, but they deceive themselves into thinking they're not saved anymore. They have problems in relationships. They have problems Uh, in their jobs they have problems with their kids they have problems in their marriages they have problems in their church and they're going to be disciplined they should not expect anything less from a all-loving god who will discipline them in the right way out of love but you're going to sin after you're saved the question is how much are you going to sin that's that's up to you you can walk in the spirit Without love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Or you can walk in the adultery and the fornication and the uncleanness and the heresies and the envyings and, the in some cases, murdering, extreme drunkenness, revelings, fighting, idolatry. The choice is up to you. But if you choose to walk in the Spirit, you're going to come up against opposition. And don't let that be a discouragement. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, verses 15 through 24. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. The things he wants to do, he doesn't do. And the things he doesn't want to do, he ends up doing them. In verse 18, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. What does he say at the end of this passage in verse 25? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He has victory over his sinful desires because of Christ. But that's why we still sin after we're saved. Sinning after salvation is not a sign that a person was never saved. It's a sign that a person is not disciplined. They have not learned how to walk in the Spirit. And we have a podcast episode a little while back that talks about walking in the Spirit, and I encourage you to go check that out. But I look forward to talking with you next week. Remember, if you have any questions, you can always email us. Keep looking up. Jesus Christ is coming
0: very soon. We'll talk real soon now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As a thank you to our listeners, we want to give away a free Bible every month this year. To enter, send us an email with your Bible question. Our email address is questions at biblelineministries.org. Be sure to subscribe to the show and check back each Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon.